da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Welcome back in, man, fam. Wrapping up the year in film of 2020. Even though we are already in 2021, feels good. Feels good to be in 2021. Feels good. Brighter days ahead. But uh, we're we're uh, we're still the movie side of things, stuck in 2020. But you know, according to the release calendar, we're gonna be in 2020 uh, movies wise this year. Because I saw you know like one weekend next next year, it's like Moribus Dune. It's like (laughs) wow, those are just movies we were already (laughs) supposed to see. That's good. Can't wait for nine months from now. But uh, here we are wrapping up a couple more movies for you for the year before we get to our end of the year, best and worst, mm. Rants and Raves 2020 yeah, yeah. episode. And that'll be next week. So look forward to that on the main feed next week, along with some some uh, American treasures and a little movie news action for you. Big, pa- big pack, uh, packed, action-packed episode uh, coming at you. Next week on the main feed. So we'll, we'll end the year with a bang. For now, sorry. We're going to do the opposite. Ariel's here from Geek 101. Just mm. kidding. So, so hey, Ariel. No. Time. Good, good to have you back, man. Uh, Ariel is here. And, you know, Ariel, let, let's scrap Minari and let's just, you know, Pacific Rim talk for... <laughs> <laughs> You're our resident Pacific Rim expert and, uh, and great friend of the show. Brian does a lot of, a lot of pods with him in the VIP and elsewhere. Um, and, uh, yeah. Good to have you, man. What's up? It's good to be here. Uh, I'm glad to fulfill my annual Asian American film obligation to Mad About Movies, that contract. Uh, despite the delay, the 2020 uh, delay there, I'm, I'm glad to fulfill my obligation. <laughs> well, uh, it, it is actually awesome because we get to talk about good movies, you know? Uh, that, that, that's, what's, that's what's great. Uh, and, and I think last time I, I talked to you, or one of my favorite memories of talking to you was Pacific Rim Uprising, and that was a God, not a great, not a great combo. So uh, we'll get the opposite no. kind of kind of um, vibes going here. But um, welcome in to another another episode. Follow us on Twitter at Mad About Movies. I'm Kent Garrison. Uh, Brian Gill's here. Richard's here. What's up? Hey, welcome in, guys. Good to what have up? you guys. And um, also. Two more movies left. We got this and Nomadland. So look, for, look out for that this week, and then uh, we'll wrap it up. Mm-hmm. That's it. We're done. And we have a uh, we, we can finally watch SpongeBob the movie. So we got to get that in as well. Uh, don't forget, don't forget that one. Uh, I've already seen it. So I do Scoob, a review, we or? never did a Scoob episode, so we got to make sure we get that in before the end. Yeah. We got a lot to do this week, guys. We got to make sure we new mutants. We do an episode on every single movie that's ever been made. So. If you want to do Mew Mutants on your by yourself, Brian, <laughs> that's that's ripe for the taking. Sitting there, right? Once you, just 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 waiting for the X Men guy on the pod to to take it and let us know what he thinks. No, he's waiting for like a you know long form pod for that. You know when we have more time. <laughs> um, so the movie of the week this week, we're wrapping up the year with some more some more Oscary kinds of movies. Because uh, these are ones that are going to be in more wide release here in the next couple of months. And the ones that you'll be hearing about when the awards season uh, gets a little bit closer. I know they're delaying it this year, rightfully so. But uh, yeah, these are ones that are in contention and uh, might be winning some awards. So 
We mm-hmm. thought we would uh, let the Mam fam that's already seen these movies, we know a lot on the Discord have, uh, already get at the review. Uh, if you haven't seen these movies, they're available in limited release um, and some places if you look. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So uh, let's get into this, man. A24, Minari. This was not one that I had heard of, but um, Brian, I guess, start us off with, um, you know, maybe just general thoughts on the movie and, you know, what it is and all that. Yeah, man, I saw this trailer maybe maybe about six months ago, and I know it made the, the festival rounds at the beginning of the year before before there was a worldwide pandemic. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but... Uh, what? I was really interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's out there. Was that on um, Newsmax? Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was. I thought it looked like a great trailer. Uh, I, I I've never heard of of uh, of the director, and and I I don't know. We we get a few of these movies every year, right? That that did the festival bit, and uh, then it's it's. I love those movies. I love when I, I don't want to watch just all independent small movies that, that come through the festival circuit, but I, I do, I love to get five or 10 of them out at the end of the year. And obviously those are usually your, your Oscar type movies and stuff, but, uh, but I love the, uh, the different voices that get an opportunity to make a movie in that setting versus typically what we see through the studio system. And, uh, and it just, you know, great trailer. And I was very excited about this. Wasn't sure that we were ever going to get to it. It's it, again, because everything is just so weird. There's still so many, uh, like we, I mean, we, Nomadland, we were finally able to watch and, and, uh, a movie like Green Knight got pushed all the way to next year. And, uh, or I guess to this year, but won't be qualifying for you know the upcoming Oscars and stuff. So it just I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if this was actually gonna going to come out this year or if it was going to be officially pushed into uh, the next Oscar window. Uh, but uh, finally getting to watch it, I I I, I really love this movie. Um, it's obviously I won't I won't spoil. We'll go in depth on everything, but it's it is very very high on my list, and I would. I mean, it's certainly in contention for the, for number one movie of the year for me. I, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, let's let's let the guest have the have the next word. Ariel, had you heard of this movie? Were you looking forward to it? What's what's the background and all that on this? Uh, well, to the surprise of nobody, I'm in a few like Slack groups or discords where everybody is Asian or Asian American, and so uh, anytime something like this pops up. Or Mina Kimes has a particularly clever tweet. We all hear about it. So and, like every um, five minutes. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And so we were all really excited for for this. Um, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of opportunities for let's use the word like marginalized directors being able to to like tell their stories. And um, obviously this is this is like very clearly one of them. The director Lee Isaac. Chung, I believe, like this is so that this was his life, right? This is semi autobiographical. Um, I really enjoyed it, I thought it was uh, very like aesthetically pleasing. Um, and my kind of like initial thought was there's there's very little thematically and uh, like in terms of the themes in the cinematography and the photography that we. There's very little that we haven't already seen somewhere, some way. Um, and yet, I think it is just so important that 
this movie, a movie like this gets made because even though those things are so familiar, um, the actors in the film and the, the spirit of it, it's, it's still so foreign for, even for me to see this like on screen. And of course, what I mean by that is like, yeah, I've seen the movie about the struggling farmer moving to a new town. And yeah, I've seen the movie about, um, you know, something bad happens or, you know, drama or kids struggling to adjust. But like, I just, I haven't seen an Asian person. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that movie from an Asian perspective. And so, you know, even though I've seen a billion shots of people on farms standing with the hands on the hips <laughs> and something goes wrong, it felt a bit cathartic for me to see somebody who either looks like me or has had a, a very similar kind of experience to it. And um, I like that this movie wasn't, uh, um, I guess my my other big thought is, I, I really like that this movie wasn't trauma porn Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that too many too many either Asian or Latino or, or black movies are, or queer movies even for that matter, right? Right, yeah. Like, um, what's that movie with uh, with the Killer Swank and the trans person? Please don't cry. Yeah, yeah like, like that movie's brutal, brutal. Yeah. And, I, and I know some yeah. people needed to see it, but like, like, man, do I not need to see, do I not need to see that stuff anymore? And I'm so glad... You know, this is, I suppose, a bit of a kind of tonal spoiler. Like, I'm so glad this wasn't that. And I, mm-hmm. I tweeted today, like, I get nervous watching movies made by marginalized directors because I'm so conditioned to seeing them tell their stories. And so often they are stor- uh, they're stories of pain. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad I didn't have to see that. I think The Farewell was another another similar film where it's just like, yeah, this this could have been a traumatic experience uh, and I'm glad it was just, it was just like a, like an American story that I'm, that, mm-hmm. that white filmmakers made in the sixties and black film filmmakers got to make in the eighties and nineties. And I think the twenties or the two thousands and the, uh, the 2010s and 2020s, excuse me, are, are the time maybe that's going to branch out. Yeah. Oh, all great stuff. Richard, anything before, uh, before yeah, I'll, I'll just to kind of, Echo uh, Ariel, you know, to the surprise of no one, um, I'm in a lot of discords and slacks of just white people um, mm-hmm. until recently. <laughs> like the Bad Bad Movies VIP, yeah. right? Yeah. And <laughs> we were all talking about this because we always get all hyped um, when Will Patton has a new joint out. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. And so we were, we were hyped in this. Are, are huge, <laughs> yeah. Huge, yeah. Exactly. Huge yeah. Mm-hmm. I, ironically, we, we don't care for the general of World War Two. We we say there can only be one, and we don't even get me started on Paula. Right? No, no. I I do. I'm obviously all jokes aside. Uh, no, I I uh, I saw the trailer for this a few months ago, just kind of randomly, you know, YouTube doing the. Oh, let me catch up on trailers that I haven't seen in the last few months, especially without you know theatrical experience to kind of have them foisted upon me or hoisted upon me rather. Uh, that I could I could uh, I I take a you know. 20 minutes every few months and kind of catch up on stuff. And I saw this one. I was like, Oh, that looks really good. I love Steven Yoon. Um, or I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but I love him. And, uh, I think he's a really cool, not only actor, but like, he's a really cool celebrity. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I was, I was as hyped for, (laughs) you know, sort of a, a immigrant rural tale as film as you can be hyped for. Um, uh, you know, I don't think people camp out in lines for a small little, human movies like this but 
but uh, but I was excited for it. It it, it really delivered on it, um, on everything I could I could want from this. And I, I love your point, Ariel, on the on the sort of um, there's no there is certainly drama to this, and there is certainly pain to this, but there's not this sort of endless um, bleakness, you know, to it. Where and, and by the way, like you said, you know, I can certainly I certainly understand when those stories are true and real, and that people need to make them. But in a, I'm I'm happy is not the right word, but I'm I'm you know I, I will see those films. I never really ever watched them again, and <laughs> it was cool to see this movie and be like, oh, I'll probably watch that again at some point. That was a pretty pretty moving, pretty cool movie. I would recommend to to a lot of different people. And so yeah, so so uh, it, it live up to, it, it live up to it. And uh, now I'm gonna head back into my you know white people discords. I. I... I have so many thoughts on this. I, I just watched this today. I, I tried to watch it as close as I can to recording the episode to, to uh, you know, have fresh, fresh recency bias thoughts on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of this film. I had no, I knew nothing about it. I remember hearing about it last year when when I looked at the slate for A24 for, mm-hmm. for 2021 and seeing, oh, David Lowry's got a movie coming out. Oh, okay, that looks good. Oh, Steven Yin's got a project. Oh, oh, wow. He's, he's, he's speaking Korean. Oh, I, I'm, I'm very excited about this. Like, I, I think he's a fantastic actor. I haven't seen, you know, I, I, I like the walking dead and, and some of the other stuff he's done. Um, and I've loved his stuff that he's done with Conan. If you've seen uh, Conan in Korea, I don't know if you've watched that special, but, uh, he's, he's a big part of that. Um, yeah, he, he's a, he's a great celebrity and, I think it really speaks to him being in this film, I think is a bigger deal than people want to want to make it out to be, you know, he, that he's some unknown actor. I mean, not often do you get a movie like this about, you know, an Asian American immigration story for a low budget with an indie studio featuring a guy that can sell out a comic con and people will wait eight hours to go see and stand in line to meet right um so i think from that perspective i think this is going to bring in a huge audience that these kinds of movies normally wouldn't wouldn't uh wouldn't bring in i think he's going to get a lot more work because of this that's all that's all positive um Mm -hmm. but at the same time this this wasn't a super flashy movie but for all the right reasons and i think you nailed it ariel um when you said you know, you're just tired of seeing traumatic stories um, about mar- marginalized individuals. And I, I totally, I'm totally with you there. You know, it, it almost seems like in Hollywood, I, I know, I know actually it's a fact that you have to say, you know, when you're pitching a story, you're like, okay, well, what, what happens? Okay. Does anyone die? Does anyone, what happens with the family? Is there a divorce that happened? You know, anything like that. And yeah, there's some stuff that happens in the movie, but it's never like, these big dramatic movie moments, right? Quote unquote, that you would put in a trailer or whatever, you know, it's a really delicately told, uh, genuinely told story. Uh, that's, that seems to be, like you said, autobiographical and that's all great. I had I had no idea about this director, uh, Lee Isaac Chung, but I will certainly keep my eye on him. It looks like his next project is, um, Emily, Emily Gordon, co-wrote it with him who did uh, mm. what's called big sick mm-hmm. and 
co-directed by Mark Webb and him. So it's like a sci-fi thing. J.J. Abrams producing it. Um, which so you, which film? Uh, oh, your name. Called, your name. Yeah, that's it's a, uh, it's a comic book uh, adaptation. No, it's, something. It's an anime film. A anime. Japanese. There we go. Yeah. So that's it was I like mean. a. a I, I was going to say graphic like, novel, but the the wrong wrong word. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just say comic book. I think you're wrong, Ariel. You would. <laughs> I yeah, think I think it was it comic book. Yeah, I'm it wasn't ahead. even. Yeah, uh, I'll claim. I'll claim I'm right on that one. Yeah, yeah. I think you. <laughs> you don't you know. nailed that. Yeah, yeah. that's, a, that's I, a allow me to to um defer to the experts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> okay, it, it, but I I just you know you hear about these stories and you know you hear about people you go to school with and oh my my parents were born in a different country and came here when I was very young you know you hear about that stuff but when do you ever see them see movies made about that kind of stuff, you know, and thank God for the internet and thank God for independent studios that have the vision to, to see a director in, in, in the independent film circuit and to say, you know what? People need to see this movie. We need to put this out because it says something about American culture that, uh, you know, you really can't get in a book. <laughs> you can't see on the news. You can't get from talking to somebody. This is a person who lived it telling their story, you know, through the through the best medium of them all. Right. And so, yeah, I thought this was this was delicately crafted. It was it was entertaining, but wasn't like depressing. (laughs) It wasn't Mm -hmm. super funny, but it was heartfelt and and Mm -hmm. kind of made me smile at times. It was beautifully shot. The yeah. music was music was fantastic. I thought the the two performances um, by Yeri Han and, and Steven Yeun were were uh, you know Oscar worthy. Uh, I I'll say um, and yeah, this is this is certainly high on the year for me. I've got I've got a list of notes here if we want to go scene by scene, but I don't want to go um, go to that if we want to keep it to keep it general here. But yeah, I mean, this is one that I certainly will will circle as like, I don't know, one that I never thought I would see. You know, it reminds me, I mean, it's, it's an easy comparison to make, but, uh, you know, the, the, the farewell last year, you know, I mean, obviously that's a Chinese American story and this, or a Chinese family and this is a, a yeah, Korean family, <laughs> but, but I mean, it, it feels like these personal stories that, that only get the attention because, because of the, strong support that we have as creative artists like like the masses don't give a crap about this i don't feel like but they will mm-hmm. because of the oscars because of the the strong voices in hollywood that say this is good you need mm-hmm. to see this you know what i'm saying yeah. like the studio yeah. system is not those coastal elites it's it's all about the people that know know what they're talking about are the reasons that people know about this movie and will it this will get recognized it's not and that's sad you know, like it's sad that that Warner Brothers can't devote thirty million a year and say we're going to have four minority filmmakers each make a, a film per year. You know, and that be like a program that they have to develop talent and develop great stories and all that. I, I don't see why that that isn't more of a thing. I, you know, mm-hmm. but thank God for like I said, independent films and and Minari because this was a delight. And a twenty four man. I mean, is there more? Yes. You know, is there a better stamp going in right now as a studio that you're in for something interesting and original and all that than, than A24? I mean, they're just, they're hitting at like a 75% clip. It's incredible. Oh, more. Yeah, maybe more. It's like Pixar, man. It's like crazy. Yeah. 
I mean, it's like if even if you're not into it, like you know, like the lighthouse or movies like that, it's like you can at least see what they were trying to go for, but it just wasn't my thing, you know. Should have gone like, smell vision, man. That would have yeah. made that one really <laughs> put it over the top. Yeah, Willem Dafoe smell vision would have been would have been great. Uh, but I mean, I you know, from the very beginning of this, I just love that opening opening sequence of them driving out in. Yeah, in rural Arkansas with their family and the the rental truck and with that music playing and them showing up and it being like a a, a trailer, you know, essentially mm-hmm. and yeah, double wide, <laughs> double wide, and she and she's like, "This is not, you know, when you said we were going to go make it in America, this is not what <laughs> what I thought it would be." And he's like, "Yeah, it's going to be something. You have to start somewhere, you know." And I think that's such an important lesson. Mm-hmm. that nobody ever kind of gets what they want. You kind of have to work for it <laughs> essentially. And yeah, I I like, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot that I love about this and, and the themes and the way that there's, but, but I think you're, you're right. Ariel, maybe the, the biggest thing is that, um, so often I just, I guess I probably even expected this movie to be, I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say. I, I I guess my point is it's it's so rare that we see movies uh made uh about about immigrants or about the the LGBTQ community or uh, or or whatever else. Whatever whoever is not just uh you know straight white men mostly uh and and straight white women I guess to to maybe a little bit lesser degree but um, it's so rare that you get to see a movie that's just like a a slice of life about those those people <laughs> instead yeah. of like yeah. the traumatic thing that's happened that led them to the point that they're at or or whatever it is. Like this is a movie that that gets made about uh you know white farmers you know nine times out of ten if we're making this movie right like we, if we mm-hmm. if we step and it's into the a same movie system. yeah exactly exactly it's that's exactly it's it's a it's not about, I mean, there's obviously elements of it that are about the fact that they are Korean and that they're immigrants and that they are trying to figure out how to fit into this new society that they're, that they've embedded themselves into and whatnot. And so those scenes are really great. The scenes at the church are like, make my skin crawl. Cause it's just, it's yeah. such a flashback to every <laughs> little church that I've ever been to and whatnot. Um, but that's, I think that's the, the beauty of the movie is that th- this is, these are all, universal themes at least to the the american experience and and that typically kind of gets swallowed up by uh but we have to show we have to make sure that everyone knows that they're korean you're like yeah we get it we can tell like we can see you know and that's we can those two things you you don't have to just talk about that they can be uh, a farmer, you know, <laughs> they don't just have to be a Korean farmer. And I, I like that. I just love that the approach that they took in the, and I, we, we just don't, we don't see that nearly enough, but there's just so many themes that are, uh, that, that I think are relatable and easy to pick up on and, uh, and feel like a, a traditional, uh, American experience. And it's, yeah. it's maybe it's heightened by the fact that we're also, uh, dealing with an immigrant story as well. And those two things kind of working together side by side. Yeah. And I think it's, it's super important to, um, to really express and show movies like this because there's this mm-hmm. kind of strain, not strange, but there is this certain um, 
assumption that my experience growing up as as a like a first generation immigrant parents or or Stephen Yoon's experience in the film Jacob's experience in the film that they are so different than the white american experience and yet when you watch a film like this um it's it's just not it's so mm-hmm. so similar um the the difference perhaps is that it's a Gener- two generations a generation removed um like i have i have white friends the few that i have where um their grandparents are first generation americans or you know like it was like oh yeah here's a picture with my great grandpa and he came here from ireland on right. a boat like it's like it the difference is that obviously is that we look different and so right. therefore at certain times we are treated different but so much of of the kind of that hope in the American experience and how that kind of capitalistic structure takes advantage of people looking to, to reach that goal. That is not an immigrant experience, right? That is a tried and true, good old fashioned capitalistic American experience. You see it happen with so many people across so many films. And, um, and it is harder, right? When you look different, um, but the cores is this, like, you know, there are levels, but the core is the same. Um, I want to touch on the the scene uh, since we talked about a little bit about how this wasn't like trauma porn and it wasn't like a visceral reaction. Um, I watched the show, the first episode of the show called Warrior, which was on. Uh, it's currently on HBO Max or two seasons of it. It's it's like it was Bruce Lee's original pitch for that show Kung Fu, which ended up starring David Carradine instead of Bruce Lee. And. Uh, and so he's like, there's like this Chinese man and he's traveling to America and he gets off the boat and there are a bunch of American, you know, uh, Irish American workers there in the twenties or something like, you know, or like post civil war. And they're like, they're like, go home, chink, go home. Chink. Like real visceral violent. And I, I like, I paused it. I turned it off and I had kind of this really like real reaction to it. And that's what I expected from this. But instead mm-hmm. we get this little girl who goes up to the daughter and she's like stop me if i say a word in your language and she starts off saying <laughs> chinga chinga chang and i was just and that made me laugh <laughs> it was so awkward but it was something that has happened to me in like a very mm. literally and it, but it, but it wasn't like like we said it, it wasn't boys don't cry it wasn't um it wasn't fruitvale station it wasn't that and so mm. it it felt so much more natural because those stories are true and tragic and violent and part of the American experience. And yet mm-hmm. that is not the average American experience. The average American yeah. experience, my American experience in a lot of ways is the casual, uh, uninformed racism that the family faces in this mm-hmm. Arkansas church. Um, and I think it is important to tell sto- real life stories of people who go through these traumatic violence experiences, but it's important to tell them in the way that they are told in this film, like we see. Well, that's odd you say that because my my life has played out almost exactly like Dallas Buyers Club. It's weird. <laughs> it's crazy, actually. Thought theory. It's weird. Uh, yeah, no, I. There's you no know what? Kent I, left. He's he's half of a Kent now. He's so skinny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going so method. <laughs> you know, you know what? Some of the stuff, and I think the most effective stuff in the film, Brian, you can speak to this. I'm sure is the stuff with Jacob and his his little boy, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of what 
what you expect with the poster and trailer, but there's certainly more to the film than that. And his little son, mm-hmm. David was, was amazing. His name's Alan Kim, the actor, but man, those scenes were so heartfelt and so touching. I mean, just like, <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe it brings a tear to your eye, but the one that got me was, you know, obviously they, they move to America they they get a job that's, not great or or the first line of work he could get in was sexing chickens you know mm-hmm. like checking uh checking chickens uh at a chicken hatchery and uh, you know the little boys curious is like what happens to the discarded ones and that scene where he had to explain to his little boy you know basically death you know for the first time mm-hmm. at that age i mean that was like oh man i was almost crying <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Brian, what did you, what did you think about oh. that as somebody who has a little boy and, and went through all that? Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a, there's a lot of Brian Gill cries moments in this movie. Cause it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's it feels very back to back or kind of brutal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Space uh, stuff it out, feels, I mean, it's, it's incredibly organic. It feels very, very true and real yeah. and the casualness with which the 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 boy asks these questions and then you can just see the dad like wrestling with i mean i all the time i deal with all right <laughs> like can he handle whatever the truth of this situation is can do i do i give him do i give him the whole thing or is do i try to you know temper it a little bit or or find some you know some way to to make this palatable for him um, and things. So I, I love that. And, and it was, it was done. And then, you know, there's more scenes as it goes of him just trying to, it's hard to discipline a kid. It's not fun. And, you know, you have to, you're, there's so many things that you're trying to balance on that of like, I can't let him get away with the things that he did, but I, you know, where's the, what do we do to, how does this work? What do we, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to be a parent on that kind of stuff. But I thought the relationship between between the dad and the kid was great, um, and I thought obviously the relationship between the kid and the grandma is great too. And she, man, what she's kind of a scene stealer and is really, really great. But yeah, like they got the kid stuff so so spot on, and and I uh, was very touched by the way that that they they handled that. And it, I mean, it honestly that is a kind of a that's a running theme with this movie. Cause I, I also think they get the farm stuff so perfectly. It, it feels, I mean, I, I come from, uh, I come from, from farmers and, and a family that, I mean, my grandparents for the, like the last 40 years of their lives lived in, in it literally the middle of nowhere in a town called halfway because it's halfway between two actual towns. I mean, it just, and it was basically, you know, two churches and a cotton gin and, and my grandpa running the, the tractor supply store and whatnot. And, and, uh, so I have a lot, uh, I have an endearing, an enduring respect for farmer life and what that is like for, for the people who are, who are doing that job and, and live that lifestyle. And I thought they nailed that as well. So th- this is a, this is a really, really well done movie, um, in, in every way, but, but, but the, the reality and the authenticity that they're able to, to get through in, for me, at least on, on every level and every theme might be like the biggest achievement of the whole thing, of the whole movie. I mean, it, it just, it was, uh, to me, I think it was kind of pitch perfect on, on those fronts, I love the- whether it's parenting or farm life or, uh, 
living in in Arkansas during that this time or in the church stuff. I mean, it it all to me was like, yeah, that's like ten out of ten authentic. Yeah, that's like ten out of ten, right on right on the money over and over again. Yeah, I love the juxtaposition of the kind of the tonal realness of it. You know the the sort of you know dust bowl almost modern setting, but with the kind of hyper realistic cinematography. And the sort of uh, what that created in in the overall look and feel. I mean, this is shot. This is a, you know, it's sure it's land that they're on, but it's not necessarily like the most beautiful, lush, you know, farm you've ever seen. But it's it's shot so majestically and and uh, really, really, the attention is on the cinematography and the photography of the film is 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 really intentional. I think obviously more than most movies, and I think that that says something what they're trying to kind of get across there yeah absolutely and you know some of the some of the overhead shots of the tractor you know of the farm i thought were were great and you know they're the way they touched on some of those cultural differences i thought was was really authentic the way in which you know a little scene where the tornado comes and they're they're mm-hmm. they don't know what to do. They don't have tornadoes in in Korea, right? So uh, they they freak out and they they find out it's a tornado watch and a tornado warning. And if you're from the south, you know we, we're from Texas, so you know we can say there's a big difference between a warning and a watch. And that's always that's always the thing. It's like, hey, uh, yeah, tornado's coming. Well, is there a watch or a warning? Oh, it's a watch. Okay, we're good. I'm gonna go play baseball outside. Like that's the difference between a watch and a warning. You know. Uh, so I thought that was a a cultural adjustment that they had to make, and you know, just the the weather being different. You know, you don't think of something like that making that much difference, but when you're a farmer and you're moving to a different country, it's it certainly can be jarring. And I thought the scene with Monica's mom bringing her the the food from back home was so touching too. And she's like crying, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. bringing back like chili powder and all these things, these little accoutrements and things that she had at home that made her feel at home and bringing those over to the States and smuggling that into her suitcase was like, uh, you know, made, made her, her whole day in life basically up to that point, you know, to be able to have those things and enjoy them again. So, you mm-hmm. know, somebody who's traveled a lot extensively is nothing like home cooked food, you know, or the, the taste of home. And that's, uh, that certainly mm-hmm. was it was uh the way they did it here was was really cool the way they went about that um, yeah so one one of the other things is you know uh, asian cultures are very neat and that's very true and you know going into the house and like rearranging all the furniture to be symmetrical and taking out all the things and making like the liners all perfect and everything I thought was, um, was another like cultural change, you know, like from America, you go over to Japan or you go over to South Korea. It's the the cleanest, nicest places you've ever been. And we're just slobs over here, <laughs> just plain and simple. And so I thought that was a nice little commentary on that. Like without saying that, that we're slobs, you just kind of subtly <laughs> show it that way. And it was funny, you know, this is, there's religion here. There, it's it's kind of subtle throughout. I mean, not so subtle where because they, they do go to church, but like the the one scene, the most impactful one is where they're driving and they see their friend neighbor 
whatever, you know, uh, carrying a cross down the road. Right. And they're like, what? They're so shocked. Like, what are you doing? He's like, this is my church. Mm-hmm. It's what I do. This is my, this is how I connect spiritually is I put myself in Jesus. He didn't see all this. Right. But this is, this is what he's thinking. Right. Right. So odd that they, that was in this film, because I'm not kidding you. One week ago, I was driving down I-30 guys, guy doing that exact same thing on I-30 mm-hmm. carrying across that exact same size down I-30. Yeah. And I, I thought, yeah, I've seen like, that gosh, before. that is, I wonder if he does that once a week or, or, or whatever, but mm-hmm. that's a, yeah. that's a thing, you know? And there's, there's a difference between how we in the South view religion, where it's a, where it's like an all encompassing lifestyle and it, like everything you do and say is like such a spiritual thing, you know, like the scene where they're, they're going out and finding the water wells and he's just like, nope, mm-hmm. this is where it is. I can sense it, you know, like that. I, I so sympathize with that because that's what I grew up with. All my family was like that growing up, you know, it's just like you have that, that spiritual sense about you, you know, and that's, that can be shocking too, you know, from moving from a foreign country to the American deep South has to be like, what are we doing here? What is going on? I, and this was a, a great way to show that without making it really offensive, you know? Um, and they use the term like hillbilly in here, but they, they use it like, we don't know what it means. We just heard it. It's a slang term. It's a, you know, it's what, you know, but it's not like said it in a derogatory way or, or anything. They're not, they're not mm-hmm. marginalizing either the Asian American, uh, side of it right. or the, or the American side of it. You know, it's not like they come to America and like, Oh, the Americans are all big, bad people. And how are they going to, how are they going to deal with the Americans? You know, it's not like that. So that was good. Yeah. And from a scripting standpoint, there's not a lot of exposition, which I love. Uh, it's, it's there, there's so many elements that are just, this is part of the setting and uh, we're going to show and in occasions like the, like Will Patton dragging the cross, we're going to, the movie's going to comment on that because obviously that is such a weird thing. Uh, if you're not accustomed to, to seeing that kind of thing, um, which, you know, I think at least, at least, uh, we are down here. I mean, I've known plenty of people that are, that that's how they express their, uh, their faith and whatnot. Um, it's, uh, it's weirdly big in the Philippines. Like, is it? Not, okay. You know, like Jersey, but in the Philippines, they're like super extreme. A lot of them are about their Catholicism. So yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. But like the movie comments on those things, cause that's such a huge thing. That you, I mean, that's such a weird or different uh, thing. You can't, you can't just kind of skip by that, but there's a ton of other things that happen through the course of it. that We've all kind of touched on that. It's a, the camera just lingers for an extra half a second to kind of like show you that the, the way that the room has been reorganized or, uh, you know, lingers with grandma for a second or whatever it is. And I, I love that. I love the, the simplicity of kind of allowing the viewer to trusting that the viewer is picking up on what you're, what you're doing and not having to come in with three lines of exposition for why that's odd to this person or why this person does this or what, you know, all that sort of stuff. I, I love that. I, I, I love the, the simplicity and the, the ability to just accept that uh, the viewer's smart enough to, to see it. Yeah. And that was a good thing too. And, and the whole reason they go to church too, I thought was, was nice too. They, they, they didn't have any friends. They didn't know anyone. They wanted community. Mm-hmm. They wanted, they wanted people to be around and 
I liked that the movie was like, let's go to church. And obviously it's autobiographical, so that's probably what happened. But, you know, for Hollywood reasons, like, why don't they go to a bar and go dancing? You know, like that mm-hmm. would be a, a scene you would see, you know, if they want to go get out on the town and see, you know, meet the meet the townsfolk, right? So mm-hmm. I thought that was nice too. And, you know, maybe the one complaint I have is like, I didn't, I didn't really get all the uh, peeing in the soup and grandma pee stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> I got some things that'll kind of warm you to it. I only get it when it's in a, a jar that's supposed to be uh, yeah. tea. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. so that's, that's when I understand it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if, if, yeah it's weird that he killed his grandma, scene. too. It's weird that he killed his grandma. If her name was Martha, she'd still be she's alive. Like, you know? Yeah, she's like laying there. She's like, ah, cat, you poisoned me. You're little. Oh, cat, I hate you. No. Um, if if I can speak on the the grandma and the and the young boy David, uh, the what really really kind of latched me on to what the comment the, the piece in the script the line in the script rather is um she isn't like a real grandma she can't bake cookies mm-hmm. yeah and he hates her it, for that yeah it is just it's it's this idea it's that idea of like um it's called the third culture kid where. Um, you can't, you don't understand what your, um, you don't understand what your family's culture is, right? Because you don't have the same upbringing, but you can't understand what American culture is where you live, um, because, because your parents don't know it either. And so you're just trying to navigate what, like, what in the, where in the world do I belong and what culture do I belong to? And so he is, he is, I'm, I'm assuming five or six years old. He's trying to figure out. He's trying to navigate life and it's and, and and what is normal and what is not. And it's hard enough for little kids uh who are trying to figure out what in the world is happening. Um but like when you're when you're like, you know, you see a grandma and if you see them on TV, especially in the eighties, they have this very specific thing. This is what they do. Like grandmas were people born in the fifties and they have this very specific I love Lucy esque fifties vibe, right? Which maybe we'll see in WandaVision in a couple of weeks. Um or the you know his white friends that he may have hung out with over in California. Uh, apparently, um, the David character was born in America, so he's never even been to Korea. Um, mm-hmm. And so he, but he's never had a grandma. His none of his family's there. Nobody from that generation is there. And the grandma is very, very different than the mom and the dad. Right, that that kind of generational gap, just as we are from our parents in a lot of cases. And so it's just. He he wants to figure out he or neither he nor nor grandma can can really understand how to interact with each other they've never met. The age gap is huge, the cultural gap is huge, and a line like she isn't like a real grandma. And it, it should it should crush grandma. And and that's another kind of way this ties into why this is not torture porn, trauma porn. She's just like, no, this is how kids are. And I kind of, I really love that. But I, I think that line really, it really gets to the core of what that kind of little kid, third culture kid experience is. Like he, he wants her to cook and bake cookies and take care of them in the way instead she's like making fun of him and telling him he has a, a broken mm. pee pee and, and all of these things. 
um, trying to wrestle kind of, him. Yeah, yeah, you know that dynamic. That just like yeah. you, you, I would never imagine an '80s movie where the grandma is like wrestling with like a five year old. Like that doesn't right. happen in in '80s movies, and yet it does here because it's so it's so different in their idea of what a grandma is. It's so different than even what my my relationship with what my grandma is. And so, except you 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 know you see them kind of grow through that motion together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's man. A great point. That's 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 an excellent excellent observation. And man, there, this movie does so many things right. And you know there is some drama. I won't I won't say it's it's free of of drama because there's some stuff that happens with uh, Sonia. There's some stuff that happens with uh, a fire, the house, right? There's, um, I guess we could talk about the end here to wrap things up. Um, I, what else I liked is that it didn't, it's not like a happy ending, really. It's not like a, I mean, it kind of is because David's going to be okay, right? But, uh, you oh know, the gosh. family family kind of says like, yeah, we, we can't do this anymore. It's not working. Yeah, and big, that's just big ugly, ugly sobs and yeah, in the and it's like you never the, expect the that in the last ten minutes of these kinds yeah. of movies because you're like, wow, mm. there's not enough time for them to work it out, and it's all oh, and <laughs> you know, I I kind of love movies that that are bold enough to go that direction, but it's so genuine here because it really happened, and you can tell. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I mean that feels like real life, you know, yeah, like yes. the, they get these. The, the the highs and lows, right? Like they, they have this, this incredible high of this kid that we, you know, our son that we, we were worried about that may, that may not live or may have to have a, you know, a heart surgery at, at six or seven years old or whatever. And instead he's okay. He's healed. Like what an incredible high. And then, you know, that, that I think causes the, it causes uh, Monica especially to really confront, okay, We've been holding on to that as the thing that's sort of tying us together or keeping this, you know, keeping this thing together is there are our mutual hope for, for our son and trying to, you know, to do what's right for him. And, and now that that, that sort of, um, I don't know, bondage or whatever has been released. Well, now what do we have? Are we, are we, is there anything that's tying us together mm-hmm. anymore that's worth doing? And that, you know, you immediately go into that low. And then it bounces right back with with the you know the fire at the farm. Obviously, that's a very. I mean, I was like, please don't. I don't want anybody. This this is. I've been on the emo- emotional roller coaster here without it being, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, drama, uh, drama porn or 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 or, uh, or whatever else you want to say. And and I'm please nobody needs to die here. And then you have, uh, the you know, figuring out the fire and then keeping grandma from from wandering off into the. I don't know. That was such a. I was kind of holding my breath. It was yeah. it was very tense, but but again, felt felt right for the movie, and I loved that. I, I it was it was just so well done to to see the highs and the lows, and the way and how close highs and lows are connected to each other um, in real life. One hundred percent, man. And uh, I I actually like I said, even though it doesn't end happily, I actually really liked the ending and thought it ended perfectly. But yeah, that's, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's. The felt right way real, to say felt that, true. Yeah, it was appropriate, an appropriate ending. If that makes if that makes sense. So yeah, man, it, it was uh, it's a delight to see this. I'm glad it, it came on our radar and we were able to to get it in before the end of the year, because yeah, 
it certainly it raises the bar for the year. I mean, it ups the average, you know, it ups the batting mm-hmm. average. It raises the it, it helps with the curve, so to speak, you know. So so that's good and and we'll have to see if if there's any awards that come out of this because I think it's certainly capable of multiple mm-hmm. multiple um awards given especially given the year that we just came out of. Mm-hmm. So, this let's create this one out. Baby, this and Sonic. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Is it gonna, who's it going to be, Jim Carrey or Steven Yeun? Uh, uh, real quick, do, do we think Steven Yeun? I haven't watched any other movies. Do we think he's he's going to get that award buzz? I think so. I think he should. Yes. Let me. I meant to pull this up before we recorded, just to get like the uh, the general feel for um, you know where he was, where he, where what standing he had yeah, um, at have. this point. Let me pull up varieties. But I would, yes, I would. I would suspect yes. I I'd put him like high on my list. I put him like top year. three on my list for sure. He was real. They were both good. The yes, him and, him and yes. Monica. Right now they have him sixth on the Gold Derby thing. So okay, you know, and I'm in, looking at variety. Close yeah. to a nomination, kind of. Yeah, they've right got Chad, the field. Chadwick one, Anthony Hopkins two, uh, Delroy Lindo three, Riz Ahmed uh, four, Gary Oldman five. Oh, I forgot Steven, Riz so. Ahmed. That was a good performance. Yeah. I'd put Gary Oldman probably at number one, um, but that's just me. And then I, I'm Stephen Yun's the probably probably pretty close to that though. Yeah, for me, for sure. That's a great. Okay. I mean, he's a great performance. He he's very good. I don't know that he is. I you know I watched some. Did, Ariel, did you ever watch? Did you watch Walking Dead at some point? Was that? Yeah, I watched the first couple okay. of seasons. Yeah, I did too, and I didn't never first even when it was. Seasons. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It'll never end. It's the new Grey's Anatomy. Um, Which it, is also still Even on. when that show was not, and I was still watching it for, I don't know, two or three seasons, he was, to me, he was the best part of the show. I really, I liked what he brought to the table. And so. Yeah. He 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 never overacts. Yeah. Which is a great sign for those type of shows that for have sure, overacting for sure. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Glenn's a great, great character. Sure, I'm glad that he's he's doing making the most of this because this is a real. I mean, this could be a uh, a career changing this could be thing. a career yeah. changing type of. Type I think of thing so for him, and I, and I hope it is because he's fantastic. We need him in you know we need him in more movies, and and I, I love to see I love to see him doing that. Yeah, and a career changing film for the director, like I said as for well. Sure. So, yeah. what, let's see what the next two or three movies look like. And um, yeah, I mean that's a. It's another one, another one to watch. It's awesome. I give Minari an A. Really, really enjoyed it, and it's um, one of the one of the best movies of the year. So A for me. What about you, Ariel? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go A. Uh, I don't think there was, you know, as much as we we could play, we say it's great that there's no trauma porn. I think, I think something a little more emotional, you know, a little more in your face might have might have bumped it up a little. As terrible as that sounds. <laughs> yeah, I can see that it made a better movie. You know, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah I got you, uh, Brian. A plus for me. Uh, top might be number one on the year. It's definitely top four right now. Uh, and I think those those four movies are the ones that I would say are this year's been down. Obviously, we haven't gotten a lot of a lot of the movies that we were hoping we'd get. I think my Why? top four, as it stands right now, and 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 you know we'll see where we're at completely next week. Top four feel. 
like they'd be in the top five, top eight of, of any movie year, pretty much. So that that's good. I feel real good about that. The last couple of weeks has kind of solidified those rankings for me a little bit. Whereas I was a couple of weeks ago, I was feeling a little, a little bummed about the, uh, the quality of, of the movies that I had to work with for, uh, for a top 10, but yeah, a plus for me. Love this. Richard, what about you? I'm going to go a minus. Um, but yeah, really love it. Definitely probably in the oh, top. You hate here. this movie. Gosh, that's gosh, weird. Richard. That's racist. No, it was, it was great. It just, it, yeah, there's a little, uh, um, I appreciated the, the sort of, like we said, the, the lack of, of, uh, <laughs> I didn't feel horrible leaving this. Um, but there wasn't a story that kept me completely hooked on the edge of my edge of my seat. You know, like I kept thinking there'd be a twist and, and it really is just kind of a lovely story. And, and then we've, well, I'm well on the record as, as not liking to feel. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go, uh, made me feel a <laughs> me few too. times. So that's a demerit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, very, I can't wait to see, you know, more from this filmmaker as well. Well, there you go, ma'am, fam. That's Minari talk. Definitely need to check this one out. Um, you know, I, I know we talked a little bit of spoilers, but I think it's certainly worth seeing still. Um, if you got through this and, and, um, you know, I don't think it, it, it's not a movie that can really be spoiled. You know, you need to see it. You need to, to experience it. And hopefully you do that before the, the awards get here. You need to see it soon so that you can tell all your friends. Yeah. Already seen it. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I know you're hearing about it now, but I've already seen it. So do that. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be here breaking down the last movie of the year, which is Nomadland. So check that out on your podcast feed. And then we'll be back to wrap up the year. Best and worst lists coming soon. And then over in the VIP, we're talking The Office Season 1. So join us for our Office retrospective this year where we're breaking down every single season of The Office. U.S. version, that is. But until then, we hope to see you soon at the cinema. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya-ya yeah, yeah. The silence is rambling